The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I am so lucky today to be in the studio with Tony Lechner and Julie Smith of Rock Voices. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey. Hey. I'm excited to rock out with you today. Yeah, so am I. (laughs) Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Rock Voices is a what? It's a group. It's a choral collective. It's a... It is a no-audition adult choir that sings only rock music. All right. That seems pretty approachable, attainable. (laughs) So when did you start? When were you founded? 2012. Spring of 2012, we started this. Um, Took out an ad in the paper, The Advocate, and no idea what was going to happen. 50 people showed up. Wow. It's a good ad. Good spending your money on that and one. That was it. And yeah, just, seriously. Julie was there, the first first rehearsal, founding member right here. And, and, uh, we all <laughs> and knew. first employee. Yes, indeed. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's like the hair club for men. Yeah. You're also yeah. A, yeah. the president. You're also a client. <laughs> <laughs> so, Julie, what brought you to Rock Voices? Like, what, what was that thing in your head or, or the ad? Like, what did it say? What compelled so, you? the ad really short the ad said was it the one you did where do you sing in the shower do you like rock music come find out if this is for you kind of a it was short it was a very short ad and a friend of mine sent it to me she said you know you've been looking because I had actually been looking to sing with a choral group Hmm. and I had gone down the road of like I I don't want to sing women's music per se I don't want to sing folk music I don't want to sing international music I want to sing rock you know, it's what I do. I sing in the shower and I sing all over my house and I sing when I vacuum and I, you know, I sing in my car, but those are the songs I sing. And so I showed up that first night, um, thrilled to see that there were a lot of people and thrilled to see the songs we were going to do. Um, some of them were completely unfamiliar to me and some of them were like, you know, an old sweater that I just could put back on and say, wow, I love this. So you mentioned a lot of places that you sing probably by yourself or yes. with trusted people. Correct. Had you ever sung in a group uh, setting or well, on a stage or with anyone? So Tony likes to often say that many people have, what do you call it, singing trauma, I think is, you know, that, that yeah. And I, I come from that experience. I had a, a traumatic experience as a soloist in my school I think I was in fourth grade, my school... Assembly? Yeah, pretty much. I think it was like... Concert? Back then, they called it a Christmas pageant, right? Okay. And so I had the solo at the end of the entire show singing Silent Night, but it wasn't initially a solo. It was a duet with Richie Aiello, who was a boy I had a crush on as well. Little did I realize that the night of the performance, Richie decided that he couldn't sing. And so the... The choir director said to me, well, you know this really well. You can do it, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. But I was in fourth grade. I was a little kid. I had no idea. And you really wanted Richie to be I there really with you. I really wanted Richie to see Yeah, it was me. kind of the magic that, was, that, that would have elevated thing, right? you to the angelic heights <laughs> exactly. of Silent Night. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're like, I need my Richie. I need my Richie. Come and on. so I, I ended up standing in front of the audience, and I know there are people who are going to relate to this. I stood there, and the, the, the piano... The piano started playing, and I oh. started to cry. Oh, Literally, no. I started to cry. 
And so it, it so it went from bad to worse because she played the entire song through oh, on the piano. No. And it was a lovely piano recital, but I couldn't literally couldn't get a word out. Like not a note, not a nobody note. joined you on stage to sing Silent Night. Well, no. What actually happened was the whole choir took two steps back, and I stepped forward, and I was in the spotlight, and it was terrifying. It was terrifying. I felt that energy come from the the audience, but I was too too little. I didn't understand what that energy was, and it freaked me out. You know. So I didn't sing in front of anyone for a also, long time. it wasn't the way you'd practiced it. Right. Well, there's that. I know that now, but I didn't know that then, right? Mm. But I loved to sing anyway. And so I kept trying to do it with other people. And, you know, and I was able to do it in small groups. But I could, the idea of performing was just not, n- not an option for me. And then I joined Rock Voices. And realized, yeah, you can sing and yeah, you can do a solo if you want to. You don't have to. You can blend in with everybody else if you want to. But if you want to try out for a solo, you can. And I think I tried out for a solo the first season. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you had to redeem yourself <laughs> after how many years? Exactly, exactly. Like, excuse Aiello, me, people. You know, he never got to see it, but that's Well, okay. you should send him a picture I know, on right? social media. Yeah. You should find him and send yeah, him a picture. That would be funny. Yeah, that would you be should. Funny. You should yeah. be like, I have fixed my trauma. Thank yes. you very much. yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, Tony, what is this like your calling? Are you a singer? Do you have like grand ambitions of being a rock star? Like what is (laughs) what is this? Uh I think I used to. I think a lot of people's dream when they're young is to be a rock star and they all try it. And eventually it it doesn't always work out because life life gets complicated. Um, And it's hard to be a rock star. It is hard. Um, I always played in rock bands and I... uh, I majored in music in college, and um, I've been an educator, music educator, and a singer. Um, and I think I was teaching. I was teaching full time when I started the choir. Um, had a, a, a one and a half year old and a newborn at the same time, um, working five jobs, beyond, uh, jobs beyond my teaching job, just to make ends meet with my wife. And um, we were throwing things at the wall to see what would stick, and we tried the rock the rock choir idea, which she helped me come up with, my wife, Sarah. Um, and when the people showed up um, and it just clicked, I, I thought, this is what I want to do. And we both thought it, uh, even though we had a newborn and we, we quit. I quit all my jobs. I was going to ask for you, this, that was the next and question. dove in head first to this because I, I, the, the group's reaction, I told them right before the concert. And they were like, what? You're not quitting. You, we, don't put that on us. Oh, now we have to do a good concert. So, um. I knew, I mean, as an educator, I love working with people and helping them achieve their goals. Um, I love teaching music, making music and presenting concerts and just helping people sing, I guess it's kind of been a lifelong mission, even though I didn't realize it. So I finally found a job that I could be my own boss, uh, work my own hours and uh, work with tons and tons of people who didn't graduate after a couple of years and leave. Like at school, it was always kind of a bummer to see seniors move on. You know, you're like, oh, there goes the senior class. I'm going to miss those guys. No one ever graduates from this choir, really. <laughs> just, if they don't want to, you know, and they just keep singing and singing and singing. And we just get to be uh, hanging yeah. out together forever. So it's been so much fun. So can you get kicked out of this choir? Only if you freeze up during Silent Night. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Then, then Just you have kidding. to become an employee. <laughs> no, we, yeah. don't, we don't sing Christmas carols, so yeah, I take no, it back. No, You cannot get, I mean, we have a code of conduct, right? We do. We have a code of conduct, um, yeah. So it, it, I think probably one of the most important things that Tony tries to instill in people is, and this is, this is a, an ironclad rule, I shouldn't say he tries to instill it, 
Um, no one is allowed to comment on anyone else's voice at any time except him, and he never does it publicly. So there's this enormous safe zone. Talk about somebody, right, coming from, a, from my background. So if someone is inappropriate in some way, they, they can be asked to leave. Um, so the code of conduct, I think it starts with that, that one as like the first thing, like nobody gets to comment on anyone else's voice. And then there are other sort of Unless normal. it's positive. Unless it's like, wow, yes. that was amazing. Well, that was amazing. Yes, 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 That's of okay. course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. is the structure of, of the, the group, are you a nonprofit? Are you a for-profit? How does it, how does it look? We are a, technically a for-profit, but we model ourselves after a nonprofit. Um, our mission statement is healing ourselves and others through song. It's very simple um, because people find that they're healing just by being there. And we raise money for charity with our concerts. So um, we, we try to base ourselves on that kind of a model where we're trying to do good for the people in the group and the communities that our choirs are in. Although technically we are not not-for-profit. Most people think we are. We'll have organizations come and say, oh, you're a nonprofit, right? Like, actually, we're not. Really? You look like a nonprofit. But no, we are not. We are just a uh, normal old business trying to do good. And so you have a group in the area in uh, Western Mass. How big is your group right now? So there's a couple of ways to answer that. In Western <laughs> Mass, we have... I mean, there are several choirs. There's, there's, uh, there's Hadley, there's Northampton. Um, we just started up a group in Sunderland. Um, and then heading north, we have um, Brattleboro and Keene. We have choirs in each of those locations. We have choirs all across Massachusetts, New York State, Albany, Saratoga, Buffalo. Um, and I think I've lost track of what your Brooklyn. question was. Yeah, <laughs> Brooklyn and Syosset, Long Island. Um, so is there a magic number? Do you have like a specific number of, of people that are in each of these? Or do you have a ceiling or, or a We don't have a, a minimum? ceiling. You wanna... I think the, more, the best way to answer this is to say the more the better. Mm-hmm. If you think yeah. of it like a singing army. Yeah. So we don't have like, um, we, need 20, we need 25 people or we need 80 people. We just, anyone's welcome. We take anyone who shows up. Um, the bigger the choir, the bigger the sound, the more powerful the more good we can do because we have more people to spread the word and help raise money for charities. Yeah. And um, just the more fun it is because when you're in an army of singers, you feel surrounded and powerful. And that's what really makes it so exciting for people. They're not alone, singled out. They're surrounded by friends and fellow singers. And you can, uh, you know, the, the, the sum of the parts is much more powerful than just any one of them. Far yeah. So. greater. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Well, We need to take our first break, but um, I'm excited to learn more when we return. You're listening to Tony Lecter and uh, Julie Smith from Rock Voices. This is Tara Brewster on the Western Mass Business Show. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guests today are from Rock Voices, who you may know, love, and enjoy seeing. Um, They were founded in 2012. Tony Lechner and Julie Smith are here with me in the studio. And we were just talking a little bit about the makeup, um, how many 
groups there are. I mean, you know, before meeting you and having this chat, I would have thought it was just one. I really would have. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have sure. known about all of the other groups that you were just mentioning, Julie. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, how how did those come about? Where was there a need? Did you always see that there were going to be more than the Western, you know, than the Northampton group? Sometimes word of mouth helps. There'll be people nearby who say, hey, I love that idea. Why don't you start one over here? And so we look into the area and uh, think, oh, okay, we can start a choir there. We have to find a director. There's lots of directors that direct all these different groups that work with us and for us. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of uh, someone writing us and saying, hey, how about start one around where I am? And so we look into it and we try to do it. And so the directors, are they employees of yours? Are they like 1099 contractors? Yeah, yeah subcontractors. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Um, and so are you still doing concerts in person? Are you virtual? What is what is uh, 2022 looking like? Mm -hmm. We or 2023, just, forget it. We, oh, yeah. We're already in 23. 2023, <laughs> indeed, yeah. Uh, we just wrapped up a concert season all in person, um, uh, and we're launching the new session that starts actually Sunday, um, the 29th of January, and um, those are all in person. There is a virtual component for folks that are either a member of a group and need to stay home for an evening because they don't feel well or they you know need childcare or whatever, um, but the the 17 groups that are starting up again next week uh, will all have in-person concerts in the spring toward the end of April, the last two weekends in April, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we are also we're, we're rounding a corner. Um, we will be going mask optional um, at the at those locations starting this starting this Sunday, except actually I'm wrong. Sunday is the one masked rehearsal that we will continue to hold, and that's going to be in Sunderland, Mass. Uh, and then the other, all of the other groups will be mask-optional starting next week. And so the concerts, you're singing in masks? We have been. Going forward, we, that's not the plan. How has that been You know, surprisingly, you? Uh, a lot of people, I think, hesitated and thought, oh, this is, mm. how am I going to do this? This isn't going to work, you know. And... Um, what I experienced most recently was the concert I was performing in. I ended up stepping off stage. I needed to for uh, for the lights were frankly just too bright, and I couldn't stay up there. So I got to see the I got to see the second half of the show in person, sitting in the audience, and you couldn't tell that people were masked. I mean, I thought we sounded amazing. I really thought it sounded great. So. You know, for me, I'm thinking like, okay, you have a group in Sunderland, you have a group in Northampton, you have a group, you know, there seem to be, you know, a lot of them in the area. You're not feeling like you're borrowing one or there's like a saturation or like it's working just fine. There's plenty of people that want to sing in each of those places that it works. Those three are kind of one big choir, actually. Okay. It started in Hadley in 2012. Um, when the Hadley group got too big for the room, we started Northampton across the river on a different night of the week, kind of like a spillover, you know? And then at the, before the pandemic, both groups were well over 100. Uh, the only reason we started Sunderland was to provide a third masked option for the people who are, we have a lot of immunocompromised people, people who said, oh, you're going mask optional. I don't know if I can keep doing this. Um, so, all right, we'll start another rehearsal just for masks. 
only. Like we've been doing the whole past year, it was all masks. So really all three groups will combine for one big show. And um, believe it or not, there's not a shortage of people who want to sing. We just, they keep showing up. Um, it's a fun thing to do. When people find out about it, they don't want to stop apparently. So. And so if I wanted to join the group, what would that look like? How would that process go? So you would go to our website www.rapvoices.com. Um, you there's a, a you can click on how to join, and on that page there's a map. So you can scroll around and see which location is closest to you. It's got you know an icon for each one of the choirs, and you click on a link and you can enroll. Um, we encourage people to who who are brand new to it to try it out. They can come to up to three rehearsals without any obligation. Just see what they think, see how it feels, um, and that's how you get started. And if you're local, if you're, you know, Northampton area, by signing up, you could go to any rehearsal you want. You could, you could sign up. I'm going to go to Northampton on Tuesday nights. You could also go to Hadley anytime. We have a kind of an open door policy between the choirs. Um, all the choirs all around New England all see them the same song, same set of songs every season. The music's the same everywhere. So um, you could go to West Hartford and sing there. You could go to, if you're in, people who go to Albany for business, they sing there for one night. Like, hey, I'm going to go stop by the Albany group on Monday, um, Tuesday night just because I'm going to be there. We've even had people go to Portland, Oregon and sing with that group from here because they happen to do business out there, uh, <laughs> doing business out there. Uh, it's just, um, it's kind of, and people love that about it. All the music's the same. And they walk into a room of strangers, but they're the same kind of people doing the same thing with the same songs, and they feel like they're visiting family far away. So... Once you're in the group, you can go anywhere with any of the groups. That goes for concerts, too. You can sing at any concert. So it's, it's turning into a more of a community, really, than a, than a choir. I guess it's a community choir. It is a community, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. And it's, it's that broader community. It's those relationships that form not just because we're all in the same room singing the same songs, but because it, it's that, that sensation of, like, we had the Longmeadow concert recently, um, and there, there, were mem there, there were members from nine other choirs that sang with the very small Longmeadow group because it was a small beginning, you know, it just was a small group. And the folks who sang there were just blown away by the experience. They were, it, was, it was powerful for people. People drove to Longmeadow, this is last weekend, um, drove there from uh, Albany, from uh, Keene, from Brattleboro, from Boston, from West Hartford, and from Brooklyn, New York. All of those places sent singers, I want to go sing with this new young group because they're so small. I want to go help them out and be part of it. And so the director, who had been used to having eight or ten people for this, you know, very new young group that didn't have a lot of word of mouth yet, had a uh, hundred people at his concert in the choir. They outnumbered the audience <laughs> at the concert. And the choir was just like, we didn't care. We were just having a great old time singing for ourselves and whoever was there to watch. And uh, that's the power of how much people want to sing this. Yeah, I already did my concert last week, but I hear there's another concert next week that needs some extra singers. Let's who wants to do it? Road trip, and they just showed up. It was. Uh, I wish I would been there. I had. I wasn't there that night to see it. It wasn't my my group, but uh, I heard about it. I said, "Oh man, I wish I was at that show," because that's a kind of magical moment of community building that showcase the choir showcases like what kind of people we have in it. So, do you put a call out to everyone to say? We have a small group, you mm -hmm. know, if anyone wants Absolutely. to go. Yeah. So you're communicating often with yeah. all of the groups. And every group has a Facebook page. And there's people that talk to each other on Facebook about it. So 
um, you know, hey, who's going to the such and such concert next week? That kind of a thing. So it's really neat. It's like an interconnected web of communities, all with a common thread of the music. And, and um, it really it allows people to feel like they're part of something really big, much bigger than themselves, which is one of the appeals. Because I think especially after the pandemic, a lot of people felt isolated and alone, um, disconnected. And the choir has always been like that, but I think people appreciate that even more now. Like, I'm part of something. It gets me out of the house. It gets me being part of something. Oh, I'm raising money for this charity because I'm being part of this thing. You know, I'm meeting new people. Uh, we have, uh, there's a couple in Albany that are getting married this summer who met through the choir a couple years ago. <laughs> and they're having their choir director is going to officiate the wedding too. And they're going to have a group of choir members from the choir sing at the wedding oh, and sing. Sweet. They're going to sing, uh, Here Comes the Sun and... Uh, um, what's the Beach Boys song? Wouldn't it be nice? I think they're going to sing as well. Love so, Beach Boys. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's spawned friendships and relationships that never would have existed before. I mean, people have, we, we always say, I always say, we all always say, I guess, um, after school, you don't have a chance to make friends as much as right. you did. High school, yeah. college, it's all about meeting new people, making friends. You're, you're young, you're unattached, you're not working, you don't have a family yet, maybe. After that, it's hard to make friends. But in this choir, provides a place for people to make friends well after they thought maybe they could have. And that's kind of magic. I think it is a, a nice place to make friends when you have similar, you know, commonalities and you can be in a trusted space with mm -hmm. other people. Absolutely. Um, I can't believe it, but we're already at our next break. So we'll do that. Um, this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with the Rock Voices crew, Tony Lechner and Julie Smith. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and my guests today are Tony Lechner and Julie Smith from Rock Voices. I'm laughing. I'm trying not to laugh because I'm yawning <laughs> and we were just on break and talking about all of the rings of hell of uh, torturous musicians. And I don't know if you can think of any out there, dear listeners, but um, Yanni was mentioned and just because I was yawning and That's my dad Tara's used to particular really ring of hell. torture me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kenny G was also another one. So... Uh. Yeah, but luckily, you sing with words, and they're not really in the rock category. But so, safe. yeah, right. yeah, right. you're safe. <laughs> yes. But to each their own. Some people right. might yes. love Yanni. Yes, I apologize to anyone who really jams out to either of those. I'll musicians. be starting the um, Yanni Appreciation Group on Friday nights for anyone who's interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a like a meditation class or something like that. Um, so I want to circle back to one thing that I keep hearing bits and pieces of, but I don't fully understand. So talk to me about the charitable piece to what you do. Tell me about the charitable outreach. We realized with the singing about the sound of a choir being like the sum of our voices being so much more powerful than any individual voice. We realized that likewise, we could do more good together, pooling our resources to try to help out charitable groups than we could individually. So early on, we started using our concerts as a way to try to raise money for 
um, nonprofit or um, what would you say? Um, charitable nonprofits. Um, we try to stay with the choir. We stay away from politics and religion because the music is the thing that brings everyone together. And we don't want to alienate anybody by pushing any religion or politics. This is one place where people can come and sing and not have to worry about that. We have all kinds of people in the choir and no one has to know what anyone else's beliefs outside are. We're all together for two hours singing together, common cause. It's one of the few places people can actually still do that kind of a thing. Um, so all that to say, charities, um, we, we've been focused a lot on raising money for um, charities that fight disease, uh, that help animals, that are against uh, abuse, um, for hunger, ending hunger and farming and just a lot of, there's so many, so many, you, you never run out. Um, and we will use concerts to raise money and awareness too. We'll invite someone from the charity to come and speak at the concert and talk to the, to the crowd, the audience. Um, and then, you know, we, we try to do a twofold money and awareness to help the charity out. So that's been part of our mission built in from the beginning. Um, the healing of others, we could say. Healing ourselves is the part where we're all just there singing and trying to do good in the world with our with some of our free time. So, <laughs> And we've raised funds for Safe Passage. We've raised oh, yeah. funds for Dakin. Um, some of the, the, the another organization is the Alzheimer's Music Project, um, which really sort of dovetailed so closely yeah. with our own mission that it was just, it was an amazing experience to have the founder, and I wish I could remember his name. Peter, but, Peter Acker. Ah, perfect. And he stood up and explained how powerful music is for Alzheimer's patients and, yeah. and, the, and what it does for not just them, but their families yeah. and their caregivers. Um, and I, I mean, I was crying. It just choked me up so much that we were doing something so profound for, the, for that particular group of people. And I think we brought in like several thousand dollars at yeah. the concerts for yeah. that too, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, that was a big one. Cancer Connection too? Cancer Connection another is another one, them. yes. Yes, yes. I can't even think. We could probably get you a list if you... And <laughs> so is a portion of the ticket sales, does that go towards... We have done that in the past, but um, normally our concerts are really expensive to produce. Uh, we bring in a professional sound system. Like um, until he passed away, Art Steel was our partner in sound creation. Um, we hire a professional rock band, and not to mention the the venue costs. So by the time we finish all those expenses, the tickets doesn't don't always cover it. So what we realize is, wow, we're not going to be able to raise a lot of money if we don't break even on the concert. So we've introduced um, raffles and benefits thing that way. Um, as a way around relying on t ticket money. So we'll have like a 50-50 raffle sometimes where the, the winner will get 50 and the charity gets 50. And, and often the winner donates it back because they'll see the charity and say, ah, oh, uh, here, just take it. Um, we'll do um, uh, a straight-ahead raffle, I guess, where people will donate prizes and things. And then we raffle those off during the concert. Um, and all that money goes to the charity too. And when we've been able to, we have chipped in too. Rock Voices, the organization will chip in if there's enough of a profit and all augment that. But we found creative ways to make it work, even if we can't always do it with ticket money. And so how many people are coming to your concerts? Is there like an average number that you can expect? It depends on where we have it. <laughs> uh, lately, we've been singing at the Academy of Music twice a year and mostly selling it out, almost always selling it out. Um, after the pandemic, our numbers are down, so our audience is down a little bit, um, but we hope to get back there. But you know, if we're in a small church, 
that'll be packed. If we were in a 2,000 seat place, it might not be as full. Uh, but that's can, true for every <laughs> performing act. Yeah, right yeah. now the numbers are down and things. Yeah. Are, numbers oh, yeah. are down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. got used to not going out. Some people can't go out. Just activities are down. But yeah, when we play the academy, um, we typically will sell it out. So, which is pretty cool considering <clears throat> all the amateur singers that come together just for fun for this and realize they're sing they're rock stars at a sold out show at the oh, Academy of Music. Yeah. It's it's a whole it's a it's a bucket list item. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. It's almost yeah. a nine hundred seat venue, right? Correct. Eight hundred and four yeah. actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's counting? Who's counting? Really? Yeah. I guess I am. <laughs> I that's, that's, my your job. Job. that's my job. <laughs> and, and I have I've come full circle and I've soloed on the Academy stage more than once. Uh. And so yeah, right? Yeah. So it's it's really it's it's a powerful experience for people, as Tony brought up, that you know, they do. You feel like a rock star because you are. You're you're singing a, a you know, you're singing with a rock and roll band. Um Live in yeah. front of eight hundred people. <laughs> um, I have one question. Yes. Pyrotechnics. Any? No. No flames on stage. No. 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 Oh, our, insurance, our insurance can't handle that, Ryan. <clears throat> but I was going to tag on what Julie said about the rock band. Um, we 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 hire professional instrumentalists to make up a rock band to back up the choir, and that's one of the really exciting things because we'll practice all season with just the director on the piano and maybe some karaoke tracks. And then at the last rehearsal for the concert, the band comes in oh, and it's like, yes. oh, the band is here. And we all sing and play together in the dress rehearsal. And it's it's loud and messy the way dress rehearsals are, but it's ex really exciting. And then the concert happens and uh, they don't feel like it's, it's, you know, classical concerts will have orchestras sometimes, mostly piano maybe. Um, the background is very different. But with this live rock band, it gives some credibility. What we're trying to do for rock music, what I'm trying to do with rock voices, is give rock voices the credibility that classical music has with its legitimacy, um, you know, its serious music. And it's, uh, and it's often they'll throw in a light pop tune at the end of their concert as a little nod to pop music. But for us, that's our main course. This is not some little extra thing. There's beautiful, incredible, complicated, rich uh, powerful rock music out there. We all know. We've heard it. We've all been moved by it. Um, but it doesn't get its due all the time. It's thought of as frivolous. It was never really taught in schools. You know, it has to be classical curriculum. There's a core. But those core concepts apply to all music. And once we are now taking rock music seriously and presenting it in a package that says this is important, it's real music. It's the music we grew up with. It's the music you're going to sing when you're alone, when you're hurt, when you're sad, when you're joyous. And look, we're doing it right. We're doing it with professionals. We're doing a real auditorium. We're going to teach you how to do it right. We're going to sing it the right way. We're not going to sound like uh, the King's singers from England singing the Beach Boys. Um, See, I forgot all about the library like he told her old man now. You know, it's not that. It's 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 rock. You know, if, we're, if it's Aerosmith, we're going to... You know, we're going to sing it with a little bit of a thinner sound. We're going to have it punchy and a, uh, you know, rock and roll pronunciation. And I think that's one of the things people love about it because it makes it legitimate. You know, it feels important. It feels real. And the rock band helps with that. Special guests help with that. Uh, we have Mitch Shakur play with us once in a while. He'll be out there leading us and singing a solo with us. It's just, uh, it's a thrill because he's like a, you know, a local legend rock star and uh, it lends legitimacy to what we're doing. I was going to ask about that. We have so many rock stars, so many wonderful musicians in our area. Do you ever have them come in and jump on stage or 
anonymously, yeah. even not even not even front and center. We have um, we have had some. You know, I've been talking to Monty for years about getting him up as a soloist with us, actually. So. I think the last time I saw him, I said, one of these days, we're going to get you up there, and he's he's game for it. So that's Monty Belmonte for anyone listening, just in case, just in case there was any question. <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> he's, uh, he's one of my ideal bucket list guests to come up. And, uh, well, if you come to this event, maybe you can uh, get him. Uh, yeah. I'm sure uh, he'll be there. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite song that you like to do, or one that you've done repeatedly oh that people are kind of like, okay, we've done this one again? before instead of a favorite maybe a few favorites while you're thinking or do you want to go for, well do you want to go? I, i'm go going to jump in and say possibly my favorite season ever was the season we did nothing but queen mm. yes did, <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that was a defining moment i think for a lot of us uh, yeah and i think part of the reason for that i think a lot of people feel that way um because queen sounds like a choir freddie mercury and uh Deacon and all of them, the layered harmonies, it sounds like a choir. So it's made for a choir. So when we sing Queen in the Rock Voices Choir, it sounds like Queen. It actually sounds like the song. And, <laughs> it, and uh, people feel like, whoa, I'm, I'm part of this sound. And it sounds like the real deal. So it's, it's a real blast. It's a thrill. Yeah. yeah. So good. I'm singing it in my head right now. I've taken my vows time after time. All right. We got to wrap it up. Uh, here we are again. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. And my guests today are rock voices, Tony Lechner and Julie Smith. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and we're having an amazing conversation today with some friends from Rock Voices, Tony and Julie. I'm hearing all this love and support and how amazing um, the groups are and all of the good things that come out of singing in a group and the work that you do. So I'm wondering if people come in with this ease, if they're all ready to sing by the time they get to you, or if you do get people that really need some additional handholding and what that might look like. Yeah, I think one of the things that I see people will say, I I'd love to do it, but I'm not a good enough singer. People come in with a lot of with trauma or with fear or with uh if they get in at all, it takes some people months or years to finally get around to joining. They, oh, I've been thinking about it, but I've been too scared. But once they finally get in there, it's a great place to hide vocally. It's a safe, safe place. You've got 100 singers in the room with you. No one cares if you don't sing or if you do sing next to you. You just let the music lift you up. And I tell people to take their time and start, start easy. Start singing soft. You don't have to have the most beautiful voice because we're not hearing your voice. We're hearing all the voices. You just made me remember my singing trauma <laughs> from when I was young. I was taking piano with Mrs. Burdock in Florence. Uh was a famous piano teacher um, and she did operettas for the children like every so often so we did I think Turnado maybe mm -hmm. um, anyway it was at the John M. Green Hall and we all had these outfits on <laughs> and it was like a rehearsal like we were dress rehearsing so we were singing this song and then all of a sudden she stops everyone she's like Tara you are the only voice that I can hear amongst all of these children. <laughs> like, please, can you just tone it down? And I was like, oh, yes, man. okay. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, just like I can't imagine that. <laughs> and what she should have said was, "All of you guys have to sing louder." <laughs> Because that's what—that's really what she should have said. Really. Yes, <laughs> you poor thing. I know. Step it up. I know. And yet, still, I'm grabbing the mic. There you Not are. Not afraid. But I love that that you keep talking about this. I mean, in, in every segment, you know, the word trauma has come up. It's like therapy. It's like music therapy. It's not officially music therapy, but we're doing music therapy. We have members tell us all the time, "My therapist wants me to do this." My therapist says. I got to do this. This is what gets me out of the house at night once a week. I, I get to meet people and socialize. I'm getting to like do something I've always wanted to do. I'm doing something for me. You know, I've been, oh, I've been home with my kids. Um, I'm working. This is the night I get to do something just for me. We've had people say, I wish I could get, we could get this covered by insurance as a legitimate therapy because it yeah. is. So it'd be nice if someday that happened. But joy yeah. is a great antidote to trauma and yeah. singing is very joyful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when it sounds good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't helps. even mean that facetiously, but I, <laughs> right, you know, getting the people in the room together and coming together in a song and then they look around each other like, hey, it does. We do sound good. This does sound good because <laughs> I think people come in a little skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, how can and this that's, work? that sensation, too, of being in a room, just the experience of the sound, the vibrations in the room. When you sing and you're um, you're standing with other people who sing the same parts you're singing, and you just, I can feel it in my I can feel it in my bones, and it's oh boy, is it healing? I've I've I see people arrive and they're you know they're they've had a long day and they're like oh man I you know I'm, I I barely made it here and they leave laughing, mm-hmm. they leave smiling, they leave ha- you know happy compared to how they were when they arrived. So good. Yeah. Good stuff. I loved going to your YouTube channel before we met today to watch just the the couple of videos, a um, couple of the performance videos. It's a really great selection. And then also, you know, the informational video um, with you, Tony, on it, kind of talking about the work and, and what you do and some clips and then some testimonials from some people. Mm. Um, so I would yeah. encourage everybody to go and check out your YouTube channel as well for more information. Yes. Um, And I have another question. I'm wondering um, if you make friends with other singing groups like the Young at Heart Chorus, um, if you ever do anything with them performance wise and or hospice, you know, I feel like have you all ever Mm. gone to do like a hospice sing in small groups? Um, just to go back to your sort of community and, and philanthropic mindset. We've not done hospice, literally, but we've sung at nursing homes and um, we've sung at funerals. We've had several members die, actually, over the past 10 years. And we've sung at several funerals by request of the family. Um, and we've we sung at the care facilities. And care facilities. Yeah, um, yeah. And we've, we've made friends with some other groups. Um, uh, I'm actually friends with Bob... Bob Silman and um, we've talked about doing a collaboration with Young at Heart over the years. We haven't lined it up. It's tough schedule-wise because there are, you know, jets sitting around the world and making movies <laughs> and all those important things that they do. Also, that's uh, a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, theirs isn't even as big as our group. When we, we wouldn't fit on a stage. No, probably I mean together. the collective, all oh, of yes. those people yeah, to get yeah. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it is. It's, uh, I'm envisioning yeah. the pines, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Yep. Oh, Tara's got that gleam in her eye. She's going <laughs> to make it like, happen. I do know the executive director, so <laughs> ah, maybe we could okay. finagle that in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the future, what does the future hold for Rock Voices? What does your dream look like? Are you going to go all the way to the Pacific? or I mean, I know you have Portland. You have that one outlier out there. <laughs> right. I don't know how you got Portland, Oregon, but it's it's there. That was a friend of mine who, who, oh. who lived there and said, hey, can I start a group out here? And I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, we weren't trying to do that. That was yeah. kind of a happy accident. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, we would like the to... seed, right? Yeah. From the seed sprouts West Coast rock voices. Right. So right. we'd like to be everywhere. I mean, we this is it's needed. This kind of thing is needed everywhere and it doesn't exist around here. It used to be in church choirs, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah. we actually get a lot of people coming from church choirs to our group saying like, well, I'm, I don't want to sing that same thing that I've been doing. I need something different. I just want to try something different. And you guys are singing something different, and I'll, I want to try that out. So um, people want... We're getting requests from all over the country right now to start groups. So we're expanding slowly. Got to get back on our feet after the pandemic. Took a little break for the pandemic, and uh, now we're back into it. We'll be um, spreading out slowly over the next couple of years. I love that. I'm excited about that. You just made me think yeah, about... The UU Church in Greenfield. My friend Amy McMahon, who owns Mesa Verde, um, was preaching up there the other day. And I brought my son. I have two kids, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And I brought Charles, who's seven. And we we went to to Matt to the service. And we haven't. I mean, I haven't been to church in forever. Speaking of like the pageants and Blessed <laughs> yeah. Sacrament and growing up in Northampton, I did all those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, but it was really amazing to be singing with strangers in mm. a place and just that feeling and you know charles was reading the the words and we were doing it together and it was just incredible so um i really i get it and i appreciate it as as someone who does sing and get loves to get that buzz Um, yeah it's amazing and i don't know if we mentioned it but i want to that no one needs to read music you don't need to, to learn your parts there are recordings that you can listen to and yeah so it's accessible for people yeah i think one of the reasons People are afraid of joining classical choirs because they don't have training or they don't have language skills or you don't have to have any of that. This is the music you grew up in singing. I Just love it. Show up and we'll, you can learn it by ear. I love it. Well, I might have to use my three passes to check you guys out in the near future. Um, anyways, I have to say thank you. Thank you to Business West and George O'Brien for uh, supporting the show. And also to Greenfield Savings Bank, my employer, who has 10 branches all across um, Western Mass in Franklin and Hampshire County. I really appreciate all of the support uh, that GSB gives to me and the community. Um, this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. My guests today were from Rock Voices, Tony Lechner and Julie Smith. Thank you both so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Keep on singing. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.